Welcome to the suburbs with Andy and Greg. We hope you enjoy this special Indy 500 edition. Well, here we are in the month of May, and you are headed out to the track as I'm sequestered at the lake. Yes. And you're going to watch the um, GMR Grand Prix. GMR Grand Prix today at 3.30. 27 cars on the grid. And did you make it out yesterday for qualifying at 4 p.m.? I did. Oh, did you really? Dry as a bone. Yeah. We got a little shower during the USF 2000 25-lapper, and uh, they red flagged it and brought them in to changed to rain tires they got the rain tires on and the track was dry so they <laughs> they ran the rest of the race to, with the cheese grater <laughs> shredding the tires to the very end they've got a guy that's 58 years old that ran that race really yeah he came in last he had to stop in the pits and file for social security <laughs> what's your retirement job race car driver <laughs> so you go to the 500 i go to the 500 correct what year is this how many indy 500s have you attended i couldn't give you an exact total i know that i my first run of consecutive started 14 years ago on my 50th birthday somebody had an extra ticket went with a group that's been going for eons and asked me to join and i've been going with them ever since COVID year, it was just Jennifer and I, and she caught the bug. <laughs> and so now she and I are going together, changed seats, but now we're down on the, on the south end of the track. But uh, So this will be the 14th year in a row for me. 14th year. Except for, except for 2020 when we all watched from television in August. And, and the funny thing about that was they knew that people count how many races they had right. And and they were willing to give you like a pass, a mulligan. Yeah, <laughs> if you watched it, you were there. I would have yeah, been right? there if I could have been. <laughs> yeah, so fourteen years with an asterisk. <laughs> so mine is forty-five mm. with an asterisk. The group that I went with fourteen years ago—they've been going since the beginning of time. Moses drove the pace car. <laughs> they used to do the crazy things like buy a van for five hundred dollars put a plywood deck on it and put big speakers hooked up to the car battery and probably in the snake pit were more concerned with drinking than watching cars go around but still had a good time i saw that van yes that van was the uh the sacrificial van one year it came home with a door missing <laughs> it didn't matter <laughs> they traded that for beers exactly and uh, this group used to take the traditional route into the track, into the North 40 and down 30th Street. And as we all know here in Indianapolis, that 30th Street is, is a parking lot uh, going into the race each year. And this is a story from back in the 80s, but they start drinking early and don't stop till they get home. And then they can have some beers after the race when they get home. <laughs> Chill out. Chill out and have, <laughs> have some beers. This van is sitting on 30th Street. And the driver, his name is Jano Joe. I'm not sure where the name came from, but that's his nickname. And, you know, they're all um, imbibing, and uh, he's honking his horn because other people are honking their horn just to be obnoxious. And they pull up, and there's a cop kind of standing there in the street, and he's honking his horn. And the cop says, Quit honking your horn. And he goes, and he honks his horn. And the cop again says, Please stop honking your horn. 
still honking his horn. And he says, one more time, and you're going to regret it. And he honks his horn. And the cop opens the door, yanks him out of the car, <laughs> the driver's seat, up, a, okay. and up against a fence and handcuffs him to the fence. Cop just left him there. <laughs> Ravens are flying around. Vultures are Somebody flying. else jumped into the driver's seat, and they continued on their journey. And somewhere along the way, Jano Joe finally arrived in his seat. The cop finally unhooked him from the fence and said, you know, get out of here, you know, but made a point of him <laughs> at that moment. And the guys were just watching in the rearview mirror as they pulled away. And this guy's like yelling and waving and saying, <laughs> wait for me. Handcuffed to the fence. And there are 350,000 people going to the race. I don't know how many hundred thousand of them go the 30th street route and for those of you who have never been so the north end of the track entrance to the north end of the track is on 30th street entrance to the south end of the track is on 16th street so it's a two and a half mile oval i can't remember how many acres the property itself is 559 yeah several football fields worth of property that's the parking that you're talking about affectionately known as the north 40 the north 40 so all of those people passing him at half a mile an hour to get into the north 40 <laughs> creeping along and hand. screaming yeah <laughs> uh, that's the time that you write things on his chest and lipstick <laughs> <You know>? idiot <laughs> that same group that i then joined we were in a vehicle traveling on the same street creeping along and one of the guys is like oh man i forgot batteries for my radio and so we're sitting in front of a walgreens it's oh i'll be right back and so he gets out the car thinking since we're just creeping along that he's just gonna run to walgreens grab some batteries and be right back and in similar fashion the traffic began to open up and away we went, <laughs> driving away, leaving poor Frank um, at the checkout stand at Walgreens. But he was a runner, so he eventually caught up to the car. It seemed like 10 minutes later, he's finally like, oh, gosh, here I am. Let me in. <laughs> Again, one of those moments where you're looking in the rearview mirror and thinking that, well, hmm, where's, when's Frank going to come back? Yeah, right. <laughs> he's, the, uh, he's the Energizer Bunny, and he's got the Energizer Bunny batteries. He got his batteries, and he finally got back in the car. But again, his, his the idea of him thinking, I will just, this won't take long. You know, I think the amazing thing, so the, the races run at on Sunday, and you're in line at whatever time to be in your seats before, are you there for the pomp and circumstance, all the balloon launch and all that stuff? We call that pageantry. The pageantry, yes. I was in charge of bringing the list of the minute-by-minute uh, minute, uh rundown of the pageantry so make sure we were there for florence henderson singing and jim neighbors singing and the purdue marching band and the national anthem and the flyover so what time is it when this guy gets out to go get batteries it's like probably 8 30 or 9 8 30 on a sunday race day around the track nothing's happening race day around the track in indianapolis is like being Jewish on Christmas morning and wanting to go someplace. <laughs> exactly. Oh, exactly right. It's amazing that he went to a place that was actually open, mm -hmm. that wasn't a drinking establishment, right. <laughs> and got batteries. 
they probably had a, a bunch of batteries on the counter for all the people who need to run in and get batteries. My favorite is the guy that goes, I've got the beer, but I don't have the cooler. And you see this guy, and again, 350,000 people going into the track, and he brought all of his beer in a styrofoam cooler. <laughs> yeah, that thing's not going to last very long. But no, five minutes. One year, in the North Florida, we were finally parked and sitting there, and uh, we used to kind of hang out there for a little bit and sort of decompress after the drive. And one of the guys that was uh, with us had been to our house. The whole group had been to our house the night before for our pre-race party. And he, E-R-I-X. Yes. He was lit up hard the night before. He looked pretty puny in the back of the car. He gets sick and goes, well, shook it off. Like, okay, now I can go. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> kind of hit the reset. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. He's like, that's just all he needed was just to sort of clear the mechanism <laughs> to start again. Who's got the mint juleps? Exactly. <laughs> or the mint gum. <laughs> so my 45 years includes, it's that's not solid. There is, there is a caveat to mine because in 1996, Grace was born on May 18th. She'll tell you I don't remember her. Um, birthday because there was one time I was uh, coming from work to pick her up and take her to get a physical at the doctor and I'm writing her birthday down on the on the doctor chart and instead of putting May 18th I, I like flashed to our anniversary and I put May 22nd and she just her mouth opened up she looked at me and she goes you don't even know when I was born <laughs> I, I Okay, that's right. It's May 18th. Got the month of May right. And so to this day, she teases me about that. So I didn't go that year. So 1996, I've got, I've got the caveat. Keeley was a landscape architect at the time. It was before she had swapped careers to <laughs> PA in an ER. <laughs> so she's going from plant doctor to people doctor. Um, Natural progression. Yeah, I think so. Most of the time. And she can splint either one and it'd be okay. <laughs> um, and so, um, and I'm doing stand up and we're trying to be affordable with the birth of our child. And she wants to do a nurse midwife. And we traded a landscape design for the birth of our child. <laughs> the barter system is still alive and well in this country. It was in 96. It wasn't a bag of shells or beads. <laughs> <laughs> So the morning she, Keely, went into labor was qualifying for the 500. And it was the day Ari Leyendike set mm. the track record for single lap speed. Right. He was actually faster than the pole sitter. Right. He was a day two qualifier. It's a hot May qualifying day. Keely's in labor. I go out to start the car. To go have Grace um, enter the world underwater. It was water birth. Mm -hmm. He was in a hot tub for the birth. and um, Not an above ground swimming pool. <laughs> I was actually thinking about that this morning. <laughs> no, it wasn't a baptism, It was, but it kind of was. <laughs> I put the key into the ignition, turned on the family truckster to go to the birth and the Beatles hush little baby don't you cry and I will sing a lullaby 
was the first thing out of the radio when I turned on the car. Oh, wow. That's Carl, man. Wow. I love that. I'm never going to forget that. That's a moment for sure. Yeah, it was a total moment. Made it worth missing Ari Leyendijk's qualifying run. <laughs> At least it wasn't Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. That would have been a snake pit moment. <laughs> that was, yeah, that's great, man. That's quick. I like that. <laughs> kind of like your music guys. We would revive uh, a Ford LTD station wagon and go to the race. So that was the only time that that car ran. And so you would open the doors and it had been sitting vacant in the driveway for 11 months. And there'd be like wasp nests in the doors <laughs> and <laughs> we'd have to clean out all the wasp nests. I don't know why. I'm sure that this guy's parents would have preferred that we left it there. Just like what your friends did. They buy a van for 500 bucks. Well, people would do that and just leave them there or set them on fire. Sure. Yeah. These guys that would luckily get the thing started and get it home, but they would they wouldn't care if they had to leave it you'd see couches there sacrificial van we also had a party and stash one keg away to take to the infield and so we were sitting in the back stretch you know this is the weird thing about dumb kids drinking this guy was faster than anybody else at doing beer bongs like he could open his throat and the beer would go down his throat faster than anybody else and so people were like, I think I'm faster. And they would say, and he's like, okay, you know, never thinking, you show me, <laughs> you know, you're going to be blotto in about 10 minutes after doing 50 of these beer bongs, the closest finish in the history of the 500 mirrors, John Cock until little Al, maybe. Al, right. Yeah. And, um, Scott Goodyear. So they're racing nose to nose and he's, he's like a starfish in the grass <laughs> totally unconscious in la la land what race <laughs> right we're all screaming excited clapping he's pining for the fjords <laughs> i mean you had the pageantry list you knew everything's timed you knew when everything was going off and it's it's an event as much as it is a race. Sure. There's so many other things going on. It's the world stage at that moment. It is. Yeah. It is. And so if you go into it knowing, yeah, the race is part of it, and it is about strategy. I mean, there's this whole racing side to it. But there's another side to it where we've got all these traditions on the food that we take and when we get there and where we park oh, yeah. and, and what we watch. It's, it's a family event. And, um, and everybody starts talking about it like the day after the race happens. I changed Carly's diaper in the infield at practice. I'm wondering who changed yours. <laughs> Do you have certain food that you take? Yes. Oh yeah. It's a uh, turkey sandwiches with a slice of egg, Pringles and a Kit Kat bar. And you need that kick of energy in the middle of the race. Some other snacks and whatnot, but we always sort of have this list of specific foods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the guys that I used to go with, <laughs> I had my little uh, my cooler sort of set up, and I did my thing. They would bring like ham sandwiches that <laughs> looked disgusting, <laughs> big bag of nasty fried chicken. I mean, it's just wicked stuff. Hundreds of beers these guys would have <laughs> amongst themselves, and these guys were hardcore. And I was sort of be in my little bubble. 
my <laughs> turkey sandwich with, with a slice of egg on it. And you can tell people until you're blue in the face, don't bring glass to the track. You can Because you can bring in a 12-pack cooler. Everybody that you sit with can bring their own 12-pack cooler, and it's groovy. You can't bring one bigger than 12-pack, and you can't bring glass. Nope. They'll, they'll kidnap it. And so, and we've refined it down, man, I would, I would carry the two coolers, one with food and one with cold beverages. Keely and Carly would always pick a cocktail for the day and then we would have our food. And so, man, you're carrying coolers with ice in it, at least a mile walk to your seats. My arms would be like 10 inches longer by the time we got to the seats. <laughs> and then the magic of insulated backpacks happened. And uh, we just said, forget those coolers. And we bring everything in insulated backpacks now. I have a cooler on wheels that's compliant. So I'm able to fit drinks and snacks and food. And Jennifer can ride on the cooler? She can. You have a pit crew come and change the tires? <laughs> I had a tire come off one year going home. <laughs> so I had a blowout. Hit a guy in the head, and now you're paying him every month. Exactly. <laughs> of course, uh, one of the big traditions of the month it sort of scaled down from back in the, your day when it was literally May 1 to Memorial Day was racing every day. Mm -hmm. Seven days a week, two weekends of qualifying. Right. And as the series sort of has found its new legs, it's sort of distilled down to something a little more of a, a tighter uh, schedule. But uh, still in, in place is the uh, infamous Carb Day. Yes. Which is, uh, if you look it up in the dictionary, the uh, definition is big frickin' party. They do have practice. And, of course, we can laugh about it. Carb Day stands for carburetor, which, <laughs> you know, is sort of a thing of the Going past. the way of the dinosaur. Yeah, but it still has that name. But uh, every year during... Carb Day, the ladder series, the higher rank of the ladder series before IndyCar with Indy Lights would run what they would call the, the Freedom 100. Right. No pit stops. Not usually. And so we always used to enjoy that. Uh, we used to sit in our seats, in our 500 seats, and Jennifer and I would go to that during Carb Day. And I think the very last one they had, which was 2019 before COVID, we were sitting in, actually we were sitting down pretty low uh, to get a perspective of the cars coming at you and on the first lap coming around turn four two or three cars just piled into each other cars exploded not physically just parts coming off and i saw this happening before my eyes and i turned to my left and ducked and covered just out of you know the mm -hmm. thought that the <laughs> parts are coming my way i turned back up and look at jennifer mm -hmm. i said D did you duck? And she's like, no, I watched. <laughs> and you didn't protect me. <laughs> so I, I, I sort of hearkened to the uh, uh, George Costanza pushing down the grandmother when the, the, there was a fire to get out. And, of course, his, his excuse was I was clearing a path <laughs> to lead others to safety. So as I came back up from my from my. Uh, cowering position jennifer was like looking at me like well what was that all about <laughs> i said well i didn't want to get hit many car parts <laughs> you knew her life insurance was paid up so you're like <laughs> she saw it all and it was massive i mean they red flagged the race and uh they dragged all these 
destroyed cars off the track and picked up and continued on. Carb day, man, that was the day I would skip school and go out to the track. One of the days, one, one of a handful of days. I think in episode two, we talked about that with Steven Tyler singing at the track. Right. Oh, yeah. I would leave that day open and skip school and go to the track. And then we would, um, when I was in college, we would skip school and drive down <laughs> from Ball State and go to carb day. And it was, uh, and I gave my kids a, a hall pass there. I said, okay, you can skip school with me and go to carb day if you want to do that. And so I gave them the family holiday on, nice. uh, on carb day. We would take picnic lunch and uh, go. And so there was a year, I think it was 1997, where on Sunday the race was washed out and then they reschedule it for Monday. And on Monday, the race was washed out. Yep, I remember that. And mm -hmm. yeah, and so um, our we had friends fly in from uh, Utah to attend the race with us. They had to fly home. Keely had to go back to work, and uh, and so I'm sitting there with tickets. And Carly was in kindergarten at the time, and so I said, "Hey, we're going to go to the race," and she's like, "Great." And she'd never been to a race before and she'd only been to practice her carb day. And we go in and, and you can pretty much, I mean, it's the third day. Every, a lot of people had to fly home. Anybody could just walk in, sit where you want. Yeah. You didn't even have to show your ticket. All of the, uh, what did you call it? Regalia? What did, what was the word? Pageantry. Pageantry. All of the pageantry was shut it down. <laughs> history. Yep. They weren't going to go do that. Nope. They're running the race. Ari Leyendike was the winner that year. And um, and they're like in the middle of the race. And Carly looks at me and she goes, when do they stop for lunch? <laughs> <laughs> Soon after 500 miles, they get a snack yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a glass of milk. Yeah, they're they're waiting for Andy's Kit Kat bar, but he's not here. Nope. So in episode five, we talk about crying in public. And the one thing that I left off, and I can't believe that I left it off, was I I get choked up during the pageantry when when they take the parade laps, when they sing um, Star Spangled Banner, Back Home Again in Indiana, Air Force does a flyover, and then they start their parade laps around with 33 cars in the pace car, it makes me cry. Oh, yeah. It's a moment. I'm right there with you. And I'm sitting there going, boy, I'm glad I'm wearing sunglasses <laughs> because I don't want people to see me cry. If I was at Hamilton, <laughs> I would be busted out. <laughs> you know, I've got the tears coming down my cheeks, and I'm sure that you know my family knows that I cry during that, and so they're just like looking at me going, yep, he's still a softy. Last year was our first year sitting in uh, the south end in, in the sort of coming out of turn one and at some point there's some cannons that get fired off i'm not sure if it's when the balloons go off or at some point there's a cannon release and we saw the cannon sitting there and we saw the the, the guys that are running the cannon preparing aimed at you <laughs> shoot a t-shirt at me <laughs> sure they were blanks <laughs> <laughs> uh, taking down one of the planes from the flyover but yeah. man, when that thing when that thing went off i mean it was jennifer wasn't ready for it so she went straight up in the air i mean i we know it was going to happen but i wasn't sure when but man that thing was loud right there near us versus where you were where it's like oh that's cool cannons <laughs> 
our group used to cut up little pictures of the cars, and we would draw. We'd put them in a hat, and uh, it was, uh, let's see, first out, leading at 100 laps or halfway, and um, the winner. So it was a certain, certain amount of cash for the first one, a little more cash for the middle one, and then the rest of the cash for the for the winner. We sort of had a pool going that way as far as uh, getting a little bit of your money back, maybe, if, if possible. And those guys weren't slobbering drunk and had no idea whether they won or not? Was there some other guy other than you that was keeping track? They definitely kept track. I developed what I called the leg cam. You put your three cards on your leg and take a picture of it with your phone <laughs> in, case, <laughs> in case your little your little ticket blew away. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. The infamous leg cam shot was uh, developed nice. by me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you train at the gym for a year to, to be in shape for leg cam? Or uh, stick my knee in the tanning bed. Oh, very good. <laughs> so it's, that's so pale. <laughs> Ignore that tumor. That's <laughs> it's, this is this is for the greater good. <laughs> My group that I used to go with about ten or twelve people. We were always in the kind of in the fourth turn area. The snake pit is long gone, but now they've replaced it with the the snake pit EDM dance party. Yeah, which is they capped that at fifty thousand tickets. Yeah, and it's sold out every year. Yes. And the only time the EDM dance party stops, I believe, is for the national anthem. We see them from our seat. Sure, as do we. And I just am always thinking, like, those 50,000 people there, they could be bothered with what's going on around them. They're there for that big dance party, which is they bring in nationally known DJs. Skrillex. Yeah, all these big time yeah. and artists that they're there for. That was their jam. It's like you know, yeah. these other three hundred thousand people are in their way right. to get to their standing room only for their EDM party, which starts pretty early. Yeah, it's going when we get there. It goes all day. Yeah, and, uh, and they're dancing oh, the yeah. whole time. Right, the whole time. And the, like I say, the music only stops for the national anthem. Maybe the invocation too. <laughs> Probably. So the theory that I heard was. So when we say snake pit, it was all bikers. It was total debauchery. People dropping acid. There were a lot of people that were afraid to go into the infield first turn because it was all bikers. Yeah, it was the same mindset. No one was paying too much attention to the the race. It was more about just a place to go and and get wasted. Right. It's, It's like a combination of Mardi Gras and the Super Bowl and... A whorehouse. Yeah, right. (laughs) Kind of like... The Rolling Stones, Aldemont Speedway, seven births, seven deaths, <laughs> all of them in the infield in the snake pit. And so when they were sitting there thinking, okay, a lot of people went in and partied when there were kids in the infield. How do we re? And then they became fans when they became adults. And then they bring their kids. How do we recreate that? But on a more manageable, fewer deaths, <laughs> fewer <laughs> knife fights way and they came up with that edm concert let's have less killings yeah right that's that's usually a good goal spring and a dj versus the hell's angels (laughs) (laughs) hi this is andy if you enjoyed listening to our podcast please be sure to subscribe and share remember laughter is contagious help us spread it by telling a friend